Hello and welcome to another episode of Kohler Commentary with the Korean community. I'm your host, Unji Kohler, and today is probably a pinch me moment that I get to have Laura Izumikawa on the podcast as my guest today. Laura, a professional photographer and videographer, began creating photos and videos of her adorable napping daughter, who we all know, Joey, dressed up in pop culture costumes as a way to make her friends and family laugh while she was on maternity leave. What began as a simple way of finding humor in parenting became a viral phenomenon after she began posting photos and videos on Instagram. Her photos turned into a published book by Simon & Schuster in 2017 called Naptime with Joey, which I own and have a personally signed copy as well. And Laura and Joey have been featured in USA Today, ABC News, Huffington Post, and BuzzFeed with recent partnerships like Canon, Apple, Target, Huggies, Mattel, Alaska Air, and Whole Foods. Laura has since amassed a loyal audience who follow her for numerous reasons like her humorous approach to parenting along with informative tips her relatable approach to talking about home and lifestyle and teaching her daughters the importance of spreading kindness all told through the lens of a down-to-earth and candid mom this is exactly how i got attracted to laura as well because i had no idea there was a momfluencer culture before Jaden came to life and to be able to follow someone that shares so many powerfully messaged posts in a very down-to-earth way has been such an inspiration for me personally laura her husband alan joey and Casey live in the Los Angeles area and I am so excited to dive deep with her today so without further ado welcome Laura to the podcast thank you so much Gunji should I call you Unji or Josephine? Yeah. So my name is Josephine. Joey has pulled off what I've wanted to pull off for years to have Joey as my nickname. But I think Unji is like where I go by with like close people or just in this podcast and in this space. So you can call me Unji. Thanks for asking. Okay. You could still go by Joey. I know, right? When I turned 30, I was like, okay, guys, I'm going to do an identity change and, <laughs> and go by Joey. And like two people hopped on the boat. But just then it's two. like, so hard. yeah, it's so hard hard when everyone called me Unji for so long but since we just moved back to Dallas that might be a thing where I recommit yes reclaim that name yes. yes so yeah I have personally like I said been really attracted by the ways that you've just portrayed motherhood in its rawness and also you're touching upon the commitment to marriage and then even like sharing what mental health really means and how that matters to keep that in check like all those things put together has really been a really powerful way for me to personally follow you but since like people might not know you as well is there anything you would like to share like who Laura really is and what that journey looked like for you oh man yeah I never assume that people know who I am I'm always (laughs) like uh how do you know me So I'm, I'm really honored that you asked me to be a guest on uh, your podcast. I kind of always retreat to like, why? Why me? But then I, I'm reminded that it's it's not about me and it's, mm. and it's what God has done in my life. And there's an, any way to bless someone or to do good for a day in this way, then I'm happy to be here. So thanks. Thank um, you. Who, <laughs> but who is Laura? That's such a odd question for me because I feel like my role has stayed the same, but also has changed mm. in a lot of ways. I don't know if that makes sense. It's hard to reflect when... Like uh, about myself when uh, I'm carrying on different identities for different people in my life, mostly my kids and my husband and just relationships in general. But that biography (laughs) blurb that you just, (laughs) I I haven't heard that in a while. So it's nice to hear that to remind myself who I am, (laughs) what I've gone through. (laughs) But yeah, that is who I am. I'm Asian American. I'm a half Korean, a quarter Chinese and a quarter Japanese. I live in the greater Los Angeles area. I worked as a lifestyle photographer for quite a while. And what I'm doing now is I don't know how it got here other than it must be God because Mm. I didn't try to make it happen or anything like that. And here I am today. To jump into all the different Asian American identities that you carry, How did that play a part even in how you move forward today, but like shaping you as Laura from the beginning years? Yeah, so it's a little complex because most of the time you you meet people who are half, you know, half Korean and half 
whatever else. But I've carried this identity with me so long and it's gone through different forms of like identity crisis. Mm. You know, as a kid, it was sort of like, I don't know who I am. I just know I'm Asian. I didn't know what being Korean meant or being Chinese meant because culture definitions to me wasn't very clear when I was young. Mm. But as I was being led to Korean church or a mixed public school, like where we saw a lot of different groups of ethnicities, like kind of, you know, click, I found myself kind of questioning, what am I, you know, so it, it was hard in the beginning, I would say up until my early 20s, even, it has shaped me in a positive way, I believe, because it's opened my mind to different cultures. And I've grown a sensitivity to people who may look a certain way, but don't identify with the way they are. You know, many, many Asian adoptees who don't understand their biological culture or ethnicity at all. And so it's helped me to feel commonality. It's not just something that I need to hold fast to as my identity. It's just a part of who I am, like how... I look and how where my descent is from. So it's, I, I have a so much healthier relationship with my Asian identity now than I had before. Does that affect not how you parent your daughters, but in how you communicate what that diversity looks like or what that identity looks like? Is that something you think about? I don't know if they're old enough to where they've asked themselves, but I I would be curious. Like my son, my husband is half Korean, half white. Mm -hmm. So they're still like, oh, sometimes I want to talk about like, what does that look like when he might not feel full Korean someday? Or like those type of things have definitely already crept into my mind. Um, So I'm curious what that looks like for you. Oh, that's such a good question. I'm not sure if I'm like at the place to answer it Mm. completely yet, just, you know, based on my kid's age right now, I think they still don't understand the concept of being Asian, I think. So um, I know that the, like Joey, she's six, she sees herself differently based on her hair color. And that's about it. So yeah, I think we're not there yet. But it's definitely something that I want to introduce to her when she's ready, when she asks questions. But we we do read a lot of books about, you know, Asian culture. There's a lot of illustrations at our house that feature girls that look like her. I, I think that helps too, to sort of normalize um, everything which it wasn't like that for me growing up so I'm hoping to have that conversation with her soon and I'm hoping that I'll be prepared yeah I know <laughs> I feel like these are all things that we're definitely learning how to equip ourselves in as like these generational cycles are able to be broken and like shared so I'm excited for when that comes for you shifting to this community you did create whether you believe that so many people do know you or not right you've definitely created a space that has a lot of safety for moms and beyond how How did you start seeing these opportunities to really be able to use this platform for this authentic way? Or was that something you started from the beginning? Was it like, this is always going to be the message? Or was it like, oh my goodness, all of this is happening. And then how do I make it myself so that it doesn't become such an overwhelming phenomenon? You know, this is, I'm still, you know, kind of watching to see where this goes. I I in no way have defined it for myself in the beginning, you know, social media presence I had was just a photographer posting portfolio photos, you know, and it was just my own outlet of creativity. That became slowly a form of worship to God for me, I would start taking photos that would be inspired by certain verses from the Bible. Mm. And I would post that and it was mostly for myself, but people started following along with that. And then, yeah, I went through this, you know, wonderful spiritual journey that kind of took me to a lot of different places. And this is all before I had Joey. Okay. And so when Joey, when that whole thing happened, it just kind of took over. I didn't have control over it. But long story short, I see what God has done and what he's still doing. And I see the endless amazing people that I'm encountering like yourself and I never would have this opportunity had it not been for that Mm -hmm. so I'm so grateful and I realize the people that tend to connect with us online or you know wherever through the books we're kind of similar in in like the way we think and you know our sensibilities our humor and and so 
I realized this sounds really weird, but my audience, they're people that I just would love to be friends with anyway. And I feel like this is a great opportunity to just point to people or organizations or things that really bring glory to God and really matter in the end. And whether it's, you know, spreading joy or kindness or making someone laugh through these posts or whatever it is, or being helpful about items that, you know, truly make a difference like products. To me, that is what I'll spend time doing right now. But I know that there's a deeper meaning to all of this that is not just that. And so I'm just continually pushing myself to be more open to what God could be laying out for me next. And mm. but yeah, the the community that this has grown is unbelievable. I'm very introverted. So it's it's hard for me to get to know many people all at once. It it takes years to get to know just a handful for me. But this experience has changed me in in a way that I'm still introverted, but the way now that I engage with people is I feel healed a little bit or I I feel freedom a bit. So God has really used this to bless me in that way cuz I love meeting people. I'm just terrified too <laughs> sometimes and I love listening to people and so this has just been a, such a wonderful way to connect, you know, through comments or through messages or through book signings and podcasts and meeting people on on the street. Um so yeah, that's it's just I've, I've been so blessed. Mm. When you're sharing even the connections of like who does follow you cuz I moved back to Dallas, which is my hometown, and then I joined a very, very small church plant. And then since I follow that church plant on my regular page and then my podcast page, my podcast page, I don't follow many people. So when I was on it, on my podcast, I saw followed by Laura Is. I was like, why does Laura Is follow this tiny little church? <laughs> and I was like, oh my gosh, that's so cool to even see that there are these connections, whether it is like in interests and humors or also like you were just sharing like a lot of like God's connections as well. It just like it's really cool and a reminder of like why we're drawn to certain people and and so encouraging to hear that you really do use this platform for that glory even if it's not like in a blatant verbal way like it's really encouraging to hear that in the foundation of things so so thank you for sharing that so as you do share like you're meeting so many people and there's so many opportunities with that what were also some of the hardships or like the roadblocks that come with having this following, having this opportunity, but then there's a lot that comes with it that, yeah, it's not in your control, right? And you have to figure out what that looks like for yourself, for your family, but also still getting this opportunity to continue to share such a a beautiful message. Yeah, there were many hardships and roadblocks. Um, And I think for, you know, the first few years since that had happened, I was dealing with that. And it, it was really affecting my mental health and, mm. and all of that too. And I, and I think it's normal. I've talked to many other people that have gone through similar experiences and um, they've shared the same experience and, and, and sentiment and feeling. So, yeah, it, it, I mean, I would, I would have to say it's not a glamorous life. Maybe not for someone like me who didn't see it coming. I think there are people who are you know, working towards that goal That's of having true. this sort of follower, um, you know, group of followers and, you know, exposure in that way. But I, I was not. And at the time, I was a brand new mother. And so, yeah, I can't remember when everything went viral. I think Joey was about a couple months old or three months old or something. And oh, wow. Yeah, that's really yeah. early. I, and this is my first child, like my first mm-hmm. experience ever. I enjoyed her so, so much. And suddenly I was like thrust in the public eye. And so everything was kind of looked with a microscope. Mm-hmm. You know, I felt like my life was um, analyzed in every way for a while and it was so it, it was hard to hear like threats from people yeah. and um yeah just words and even personal relationships that fell because of it mm. um like personal relationships I yeah. think that was the hardest for me 
yeah, just seeing um, relationships that I thought were solid being tested through that and just not not working out. Some of those I don't know still what happened, but that was probably the hardest part of it and feeling quite alone. In, in all of that. I mean, motherhood itself is already so lonely. <laughs> and then add on all of this. Yeah, no, I think every mother would, would understand. Like, I don't have to even go into detail. It's just, you go through a lot of self-doubt already. You just feel like you don't know what you're doing. And then you have the world tell you you're doing terrible things to your child or, you know, whatever. So I grew with thick skin for sure. And it did help to have Alan as my husband, who's like the thickest skin ever. Like, he's just <laughs> super, like consistently calm and uh. a rock and sometimes you know to my frustration yeah um, but, but he has grounded me and he has reminded me so much that this doesn't matter these are just people and I'm like but people matter you know and I think that I was able to find peace with it you know after some years of just therapy with God just going back to prayer and asking, you know, my village to pray for me and to talk to me about what they've noticed and call me out on things too. And so if you think you might be feeling depressed, stressed, anxious, or overwhelmed, BetterHelp, the sponsor of this episode is here for you. BetterHelp offers a broad range of over 20,000 licensed therapists who are trained to listen and help you. Plus, you can get 10% off your first month with my code, betterhelp.com slash Kohler. With BetterHelp, you can talk to your therapist in a private online environment at your convenience, and all you have to do is fill out a questionnaire to help assess your specific needs before getting matched with a therapist in under 48 hours. Then you schedule secure video and phone sessions, plus you can exchange unlimited messages and everything you share is completely confidential. As a mom constantly working around Jaden's toddler schedule, having my weekly therapy online has been a complete game changer and a huge reason why I have made big steps to better my mental health for myself and for my family. You can also request a new therapist anytime at no additional charge. Join the 2 million plus people who have taken charge of their mental health with an experienced BetterHelp therapist. Don't forget to use my code to get that 10% off your first month at betterhelp.com slash Kohler. That's better, H-E-L-P dot com slash Kohler. As much as all the bad stuff that has happened, I don't really dwell on it anymore, which Mm. has been great. Yeah. That's so good to hear. You brought up your husband and mm-hmm. I read the article you guys had shared a while back. If you're comfortable sharing, just like what did that look like in terms of now where you are and being able to look back at a season where it was when Casey was born too. Like it was tough, right? <laughs> like as we prepare for a second child, I'm like worried thinking about what's to come. You know, like there are motherhood struggles, but there are also relational struggles with your spouse. Yeah. And how were you guys able to get a place where there was like a consistent new safety within your marriage mm. versus what it might have looked like with juggling two kids? Yeah, yeah. I'm just like transporting myself to that time. <laughs> You know, you're you're what a couple days from your due date? Is that what it is? Yes. If you're listening, guys, like this is a miracle. I've been praying. I was like, let's pray that the baby doesn't come out until my interview with Laura. I <laughs> wanted to talk to you so badly. So personally, I'm like, God is good that we get to talk right now. But yeah, I'm due in two weeks. But the doctor oh, said that I'm dilated four centimeters right now, and so it was like oh. you can you can come tomorrow but you can also come next thing you know like in two weeks because how are you sitting here talking to me so calmly yes there are some contractions happening but nothing nothing crazy you are amazing i was in the hospital at four like get me up into her (laughs) i was like that for for my first with Jaden, but this one i was like no there are things i want to just like kind of do for myself in a sense where like it is worth the the pain a little (laughs) Oh my gosh. Okay. Well, you tell me if you need a break. I know, right? In this in this episode, that's gonna go. (laughs) 
Um, I love that you're already thinking of that. Um, and I do think a lot of mothers who are, especially having children, like the second child or, you know, multiple, like how will that affect the marriage? Mm. How will that affect the relationship with the first child? Um, mm. Or, you know, or even if it's your first child, like how will this affect your marriage? You know, you had it so good or, you know, whatever. Now it's um, going to be harder. Is this worth it or whatever? You know, with Joey, it was such a different experience with Casey. When I was pregnant with Joey, I was just over the moon. I I was like so um, in love with the the idea of being a mother and 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 God's love just being magnified and sh- and manifested through her. It just everything was like joyous for me. Like even though I was tired, I didn't care. I was just like so happy to be alive for her. And then that stuff happened and, right. you know, it kind of crushed a lot of it. It did damage the marriage quite a bit. And it wasn't because we were fighting or anything like that we don't actually fight. Uh, I wish we kind of did just so we could resolve things and not let it kind of lay there for a while. It was more like things that were unspoken that just mm-hmm. piled up with Casey I had already been going through so much with my marriage at that point. At that point, I was like two years in with Joey and our relationship was just almost non-existent. We were like roommates, you know, just living in the house, paying the bills. And, you know, it was our fault, both on our ends. When Casey came, I was so happy, but then also I think I couldn't fully enjoy it because I had a lot of undealt issues from Mm. you know the first uh, two years so yeah we figured it out we of course got counsel from friends who had been going through the same thing and Al and I are the type of personality where we're like if we decide on something we just let's just do it let's just Mm. do it try it out we don't talk about it talk about it talk about it we just do it if we decide on something and so we decided to take a date every Friday, which seemed wildly impossible. Like even a month would be impossible for us. But our friends told us that it had to be once a week. And I would say that was what really helped form that bond again and trust and love for each other again. And it just, everything else kind of fell into place. And I was able to, you know, see Casey as not just like out of guilt, because I did feel guilt towards her, like for a lot of reasons. Um, Like she, she didn't get the attention that Joey did. A lot of people were comparing her to Joey already. And I had to protect her in that way. You know, with parenting, it's different. With Jaden, it's going to be one way. With your next, it's going to be another. And that's fine. And my mother always wanted to raise my sister and I equally fair. And she, I remember just growing up feeling like, but we're not equal. You know, we're different personalities. We're different age. We're different backgrounds. And so I learned about parenting through that experience too. Wow. That's yeah. so cool that you're able to internalize that type of concept at such a young age too and like realize that. Yeah. Well, we were, my sister and I are five years apart. So. Oh, yeah. yeah, <laughs> so yeah it yeah, was yeah, kind yeah. of clear that we are very different. Yeah. Um, but it is easy for parents to be like, I'm going to do exactly the same thing I'm going to do for my second as my first. But it, one, it's too much pressure on yourself to do that. And then two, it's like they're different. You have yeah. to kind of see how they grow into their own skin and personality and adjust and, you know. Yeah. And I think it's so easy, like when you are having marital struggles to keep that in or like, oh, we have to yeah. figure this oh, out. Yeah. And so for the tip of you to share, just like reaching out to your community or like your trusted ones and asking what their yeah. advice is, like trusted people and like following through with yeah. that, I think is so important because then you can just internalize. And I remember even just reading like interpreted emotions from actions or unsaid things. It was something mm-hmm. you guys had both written. And yeah. it's so true. Like we can perceive it as a message if it's just within us and it just grows and grows and grows, but really being able to tap into that community is so powerful. So I'm glad that they encourage you guys to do the impossible of weekly date nights for a while. You know, like that's amazing that that was the tip to do. So I'm really happy to hear that. So I guess if we're thinking about just like the social media aspect of it and right with Joey, it was very natural of uh, what happened was not expected at all. But with Casey coming to like in just a professional sense or what this is for you, like how did you also have to think about what social media meant for the family or as you shift from one to two daughters and things like that? You know, social media, it's such a wild place. I feel like it's changing all the time. And right. I think I've just adopted this like view about it where 
I'm, I'm not really holding on to it. It's just a tool. And it's, it's just a way to connect with people. That's just, I think, how it at first intended to be. Right. And I think people can carry it in different ways, like, you know, spreading negativity or, you know, information overload or whatever it is. You know, I'm, I'm grateful that I've been able to sort of step back when moments rise and to really examine it, you know, not feel like I'm a slave to it and, you know, attached to it with such a like attachment where if it defines what I do, how I read my family or, you know, my kids or how I do that, I haven't allowed for it to control us in that way. So I, I feel like I have a good relationship with social media because um, I see it in that way. I don't let it consume me at all. And I think it just never, I, I just wasn't like that before. So it's easy to be that way now too. But with Casey, for sure, a lot of people were expecting the next nap time with Joey book. Mm. But with Casey, a lot of people were expecting all these costumes with her. Just everything, you know, I think even my management at the time, I had a manager. I think there was some expectation that this could have been a repeat or something. But I knew very early on when she was inside of me growing that this is all going to be on her you know, and, and where God leads us next. Cause I know that I didn't do anything to make what happened with Joey, you know, happen. So, you know, I'm going to take the same approach mm. with Casey. With Casey, she was very different from Joey, I could tell. And, you know, in different meaning, like in a beautiful way too, right. her own personality and her own uniqueness. And I just wanted to protect that and not make her feel like if she's going to see this years from now, you know, mom, why did you do this? Or why didn't you do that? Like, I didn't want her to feel bitter or angry or left out or feeling like she wasn't enough or something. And so, yeah, a lot of that was in my my, my heart in pregnancy. And I had prayed over that too, mm. for our relationship to be so good. Yeah, for me and Casey to be so solid. Yeah. So it's social media. I just like in the back of the room for me, I, I don't really pay attention to it. And I feel like as an influencer, that is my job title. Yeah, yeah. I should be. I, I, but I think I am the worst influencer in the world because I'm not taking advantage of it as much as other people are or feel like, you know, maybe I should. But yeah, I, I don't know if that's more of like just the way I see it. Right. Um, but, I, you know, I think I'm satisfied with that because it has created this healthy space for my family. Yeah. And I'm still able to connect with people that are just wonderful through it. So I, I still respect social media and, you know, appreciate the, the usefulness of it. But that's about it. I think that's helpful for people who might be aspiring mom influencers or whatnot, like listening, right? Because it is this like, it's such a sensitive topic too that you share. It's like so personal, but to be able to put those boundaries in place to protect your family. So that's really encouraging to hear. I remember like, I saw like one of your stories at one point, like, I don't know when. And I was like, oh my gosh. And I was going to like write something, like respond to it, but there's no respond option. And I was like, oh, maybe oh. that's like, a good, it's like, but I was like, oh, that might be like a practice in place. You know, like you can get overwhelmed with all of these DMs too or whatnot. Yeah. Like and so in my mind, I was like, oh, that's really cool. Actually, like, like you can't really interact in certain personal ways, right? Because there are yeah. potential places of boundary. And so I don't know. That's an interpretation I had from oh. that. But. I, you know, I totally forgot that I have that setting on. <laughs> I had, I had that setting on because at one point it was like for a yeah. long time, for a few years, it was just thousands. thousands yeah, no, I'm, I can't imagine like every like, day. Yeah, Even on but my, like, they personal page of like Jaden has a cute video. I have oh, so many yeah. friends that want to like talk about that. Yeah, I'm like, oh, I want to tell talk to everyone, and this is like my friends, right? Like, yeah, I yeah, can yeah. imagine when you yeah. have so many, and they're all like. <laughs> It could range too, like what their message could be, but that I can't yeah. imagine how overwhelming that could feel. So no, yeah, I mean, I've considered taking that off because it's it has gone down yeah. quite a bit, but people are still reaching out to me, right? Like they'll, you know, they're still able to message me. Right. They just can't right. do it directly through that story frame, and the conversations are so just so much more like right. they're not just meaningless comments that I would get. It, it would be like, hey, a paragraph of their story, and I'm like wow this is so great you know like I actually want to exactly. really want to connect so I, I guess I yeah but I will set it so that you can respond <laughs> to me oh, this I wasn't, yeah it, this wasn't like a, why I can't I respond? 
Yeah, I'm not sure how that works. I've I've had friends say the same thing. Like, how come I can't respond? I'm like, oh shoot, let me go back and see. Yeah, I'm not. Also, maybe you don't know. Yeah, there's like so many changes to Instagram too. Yeah, so I need to go. I'm gonna yeah figure it out for you. (laughs) I'm sorry about that. No, thank you. I guess like. In that same vein, like within like your previous work as a photographer and a videographer in general, how is that part of this job where you get to create these photos, you get to capture things and even like your REI stuff or the Hyundai, I like really love one of those whenever I see it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But like, how does that look like where you get to see things like that because it's also aligned with a career goal you had prior to even having kids? I love that question because all I think of is, I know this sounds really weird, but God again. Um, Mm. So during the years um, before I got pregnant, I I was, you know, going through my like Laura's spiritual formation years. Like that was when I was really open, totally an open vessel to God. Like I was like, cause I was so different from where I am now. I was very dry and humor, sarcastic. I was guarded all the time and I realized like gosh this needs to change like is there something wrong with me mm-hmm. so I began this journey of like self-reflection and you know just repentance of my old ways and just like allowing God to teach me through a lot of people and through the word and through a lot of prayer and during that time we had just planted a church in LA and a lot of it was kind of on us to sort of make things happen, like the website, the core, the painting, like all this stuff. And I'm pretty useless for the most part, but I can do a little of creative stuff, I think. Yeah. I mean, I, so I don't know how to do things, but during that time, they were asking me to just figure it out. And I, I just said, okay. And I was in this like, yes, year where I'm like, yes to God whatever you want, I'll do it. And if I don't know how to do it, I'll figure it out. There's got to be a way to figure it out or I'll find someone who can help me. So I learned so much about videography. I learned about Mm. website building, graphic design, um, because I had to learn how to make the logo for the church and the website. Uh, We had to do promo videos and newsletters and PowerPoints. And like, so this was me just being a, you know, lifestyle photographer. It's suddenly like learning all of this other stuff. And it was so much information, but I know that God was just preparing me for this new job like because it just all fell into place it was like oh wait I do know how to do this like yeah I remember doing this I remember making this and that in a pot you know like figuring out what you know recording um, an an ad could look like or whatever it is so it's so crazy yeah I'm so glad I said yes to to everything and just try to figure it out because it's led me to this point now yeah yeah I feel like church plants are definitely a way where you can increase a skill you never knew because like they just need all hands <laughs> right. on deck so that's awesome yes. and there's there was like no canva back then where you can just yeah. like template oh, it yeah because that's definitely canva what I use <laughs> but I now you you know you have then. you have the real skill so that's really cool to <laughs> no. hear that and like how you see those fingerprints of how that translates to today and you can really do these things so that's really amazing yeah Yeah. it's so cool to be able to recall where those skills lied and how that is related back Mm -hmm. to God so that's so good your kids are older now and they're like in soccer which I I love watching those stories and in general right like you're allowing them to experience different things what does a typical day look like for you then as a mom as a working mom that's like kind of figuring all these things out and then all of the yeah how do, how does a day in the life look which is probably very different oh but. my gosh oh man my closest friends would laugh at me <laughs> they're probably like eagerly waiting what my answer would be because I always tell them I don't know what's going on today because every day is so different yeah um, a typical day is something I wish I had a consistent day but it's exciting also my personality is like I like the change I like the movements of life so I don't mind it but sometimes I'm so exhausted by the end of the day because I'm just like okay this is happening today this is happening tomorrow but children have definitely helped ground me with schedules Mm -hmm. and and all of that and a typical day would be you know just focusing on the kids getting them ready for school and having my cup of coffee and you know after they've gone doing my quiet time in the morning with God and journaling and then getting to like my (laughs) 
list that I made the night before of what mm. what I need to accomplish that day. And of course, I don't get through like all of them at all. Mm-hmm. So that's that. And then I rarely f- remember to eat. Like I, I always oh, forget. I, yeah. I, I'm like, my stomach's growling. And I'm like, oh, I should eat. What time is it? It's like 4 p.m. Oh my goodness. So it, it's that's my personality. I'm just like, go, go, go. So I, I don't know what a typical day looks like. It's just whatever I have to get done. If I have to meet someone real quick or do this errand or um, someone's in town all of a sudden, so I have to go, you know, see them. So yeah, a typical day for me would be whatever comes uh, my way. And I just learn to roll with it. Mm. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's <laughs> great that you're able to manage all of that. Yeah. Barely. I'm barely <laughs> managing. <laughs> I know. I feel like that's so hard to do so that you're able to, yeah, barely manage, but you know, the early years are like that. So that's, yeah, encouraging to hear that that's what it is in the background, even though like, obviously with social media, it looks like, oh my gosh, she has like, bam, 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 bam. So if that's what it looks like to y'all, like it's not, it's, I hope it doesn't come out that way. Well, I love like, even just seeing that you're able to just be with like practices or like the things you do share, right? It's like, I'm sure there's so much going on, but like, at least the stories are the moments of presence. And I think that's Mm. so important to also be reminded of as there are like other things you share there, but that seems to be a key message with the girls. And so that's Mm. always something I take away. Even if Casey doesn't seem like she likes soccer right now. (laughs) She looks great. (laughs) She likes it now. Yeah, I feel like it's shown a progression, which is so cool. And it's so funny because I feel like when with her, I feel like, oh man, I should have been a child behavior like mm. psychologist because I'm noticing so like I've grown so much sensitivity to her, right? And I'm like analyzing her, and I'm like, oh, she's reacting this way because of this happened earlier that day, and like, it's so fun for me. She cracks me up, and the way she's adjusting to life, figuring it out, it's like so funny to me and mm. beautiful at the same time. I did want to say something about like you know how I yeah. appear to be social media. I think because I'm I'm not I'm I don't schedule a lot of posts. I just like post when I feel like it's it's really mm. bad in that way because it's not consistent. I love it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I know that there have been posts where I'm like just kind of pouring my heart out. Mm-hmm. But it's because at that moment that's how I felt it. There are so many moments like that that I've held back from posting it because I've seen a lot of people respond in different ways too to when I open up like positively but also the opposite like it's been a trigger so I'm always juggling with that like how much do I share where it's not encouraging this for them and how do I protect their journey and not make it like hey this is my this is my journey this is my journey you know and look at me look at me I feel like that's a struggle for me too is it's not even about how much do I reveal because I'm I'm a pretty open book like our struggles are universal so I have nothing really to hide but it's like how much of this is useful how much is this important for you to read because like I don't want you to fixate on my problems and how I resolved it because it's different for your life so when people say oh like you don't post as much or like about your life what you're going through day to day I'm like oh man it's because I'm just surviving I'm like barely on my phone like literally it's not because I'm hiding anything it's just but if there is something that is pretty important to share like I'll I'll literally sit and think about it and pray about it for a day and then I'm like okay is this gonna help more people than hurt so that's how it is so if it seems very inconsistent sorry I'm very very sorry but that's yeah I think I've never even realized that's like a not like a burden but like that you do consider those things as very personable that that crosses your mind on how to make sure it reaches people in a good way I didn't even realize you would have to think through that which is so true I'm like oh she's so vulnerable it's so great you know but like Uh, to what extent right that is a marker that you do ask right um, because yeah. the journeys are all so different and the way God speaks yeah. to everybody is so different too. Totally. And it's just my story. And I don't want it to be like, this is me guys. You know, like I have a problem with that too. Like for myself, I'm I just, it's hard for me to do that. So I guess if we continue forward and just like you share certain things, but as you juggled motherhood, marriage, work, all of those things, like kind of coming together suddenly, like thinking of how to navigate each of these in a new lens, what are some practices you have been able to put into place it could be as simple as like what I interpreted as like the filter on messaging right like if that's like a boundary but also just like in I I know you guys have like a therapy cat or 
<laughs> or just like you know like what are some things like that where yeah. you know this has helped us and it's mm-hmm. just for us but like if that also catches the ears of somebody else yes therapy cat I do have a therapy cat <laughs> but I haven't called him therapy cat in a while because it <laughs> nacho yeah nacho nacho he came out of a lot of the anxiety that I was dealing with and feeling like I really needed like a tangible form of comfort you know, and, and I typically don't even like cats. I'm such a dog person. You know, mm-hmm. I had three dogs at once at one point. Like, that's how much I love dogs. And I just couldn't stand cats for a long time. And not because of personal bad experience. It's just who I was. And, like, you know, cartoons, you know, making cats villains all the time. I just thought that they were evil creatures or something. But <laughs> for some reason, like, the anxiety in me was, like, telling my, I was, like, telling myself, I need a cat. Not a dog, but a cat. I was like, that's so weird. So when we uh, made that decision, you know, Nacho came right away, found him on petfinder.com and just reconnected through the photo and got him like the next day. And that was a huge step for me because it was something that I did for myself and not for like the kids or like for the family. Like I I was like, I don't even know if, you know, Casey's really allergic, but I'm going to get this cat, you know, because I really needed it. And this cat has been such a blessing. Like God can use animals. Oh my gosh. So yeah, that has been a wonderful way for um, my mental health check. He just knows when I need, you know, a lap sitting or just a break, like he'll just come. Like he came in just now before this, we Mm. did this, like just to be like, Hey, I'm here, you know, like, and just to calm me down. I was able to have like a minute with him before we started. So yeah. You know, if you're not a cat person and you're listening to this, you know, I would say for me, it's just, I kind of posted about this recently, but being bored, like just allowing yourself to be bored, which means removing all of the things that you have to do that day, um, or just, you know, taking it just one goal at a time and just finishing that and being okay with like, I got nothing else to do today. And that just allows your mind to kind of float to you know, where, what am I doing? And like, how am I feeling right now? And sometimes like tears will come out of nowhere, or sometimes I'll just need a rest. So you'll just body will just go huh, and, and take a nap, or you'll finally go see that friend that you've been wanting to see that you haven't mm-hmm. been able to go see. And that will just fill your day with so much joy. So yeah, for me, mental health check was not in the form of like sitting down with a therapist per se. And I, I've done that too. And I think that's so important to have that accountability too, to be able to express and manage and your emotions, but also verbalize it too. But I, I think there are a lot of things that you can do for yourself. Yeah, like turning off your phone on the weekends, mm-hmm. like we do for the most part, you know, not reading the news or mm-hmm. for the week or I don't like you know, like bad news, maybe just not engaging with people who love to gossip or, you know, just Mm. things like that. Just like making little decisions about what you're spending time doing. I think it does add to your mental stress, especially Asian women. I think Mm. we were just managing a lot all together and being like, it's okay. It's okay. You could pilot on me. I, I, I can do it all. And or like we can be the scapegoat a lot of the times. Um, right. So knowing your boundaries in that way, whether it's at the workplace or, you know, even at home with your marriage too and the kids. So, yeah, I guess it's different for everyone, but that's how it's been in a nutshell for me. Yeah, I mean, I definitely advocate for therapy as well, but right, that's just one factor of how you can really make it a daily thing for you and like yeah. in your daily presence like how do you allow yourself to have that space so these are really good tips to hear as you share a lot about the anxieties that you have felt is there ever a time where you felt like that was mm, like as you spend time with God it was there ever like a, oh I shouldn't feel this way kind of thing or was it like um like did he bring peace to the feelings of like the mental stress or mental struggles that you did face if that makes sense like I think sometimes a lot Mm. of us kind of say like oh I shouldn't feel this way if I have God Mm. God with me or things Uh, like that you know and like how do you reconcile to allow yourself to feel these things but still know that you're like full which is like such a message we should know but it's hard to like embrace that in ourselves yeah that is um I love that question because that's a huge thing that I'm experiencing right now I was recently like around like well in the spring not recently but in the spring around my birthday I was going through a lot 
I was feeling a lot of anxiety, but more than anxiety, just depression mm-hmm. with um, my body. It was just physical, uh, mostly physical. And I did feel at times like in the past, you know, if I'm you know right with the Lord, then I, you know, everything should align. But through that experience and through conversations I've had with other believers too about like what mental health looks like as Christians, are we over spiritualizing things or are we ignoring things, you know, that are important to talk about, meaning mental health. I've learned so much. I've learned that I am, you know, God created this mind, God created my emotions, God created warning signs for me, you know, to tell myself like if I'm feeling stressed or if I'm feeling anxious, that means like my body's reaction, natural response to being like, hey, what are you doing? Like, mm. slow down. So I've sort of reclaimed that for myself. Like, I'm not crippled with anxiety anymore. I just, when it does feel like it's coming, I'm, I see it as sort of like, um, you know, a red flag for myself. Like, mm. hey, like, you're doing too much. Or, hey, you need to reel it back. So in that way, it's been helpful to redefine that for myself instead of feeling like totally damaged by it in some way. I think with, you know, God in the picture and me feeling like how much is it of this is like a spiritual thing and how much of it is it, is it an emotional thing or is it trauma that I haven't dealt with? I think it's all. Yeah. Um, and And I think it's okay that it's all together, you know, that you can't just like go to prayer for one thing and not get therapy for the same thing it's like it's both it does need to be holistic and in that way so yeah I think we do discount a lot of the importance of mental health awareness and I think the response to it is very important too because there's a lot of suggestions mindfulness out there that's that's not very healthy that's not christ-centered it's all about us and finding nirvana or finding our inner peace and our full potential, which is not always correct. And and I think it isn't one thing or another. But for myself, I think it's a lot of just seeing who I am, where I am right now, and being okay with that, allowing the emotions to come and not letting it just lie there, but actually pray about it, do something, talk about it with someone and be okay that it's not going to be resolved right away. You know? Mm -hmm. And I know I had asked about like Enneagram 2 and you had mentioned a 4 or a 7 and things like that. But yeah. for Enneagram 7s, like their emotional struggle, it's it's with anxiety. And like, I think mm-hmm. it's cool even the way you frame it of like, this is just a rumble strip or a warning side and like from God to like kind of recheck and re reevaluate things. And that's such a good response to an emotion that can seem like, uh-oh, what does this mean? And being mm-hmm. able to, yeah, reframe that for good. So that's such a good practice to do which is like mind shifting yeah negative things or seemingly negative things into what is good and intended for that good so oh yeah because it's so easy to just fall into like that rabbit hole and and just be led by it for days and days and I've done that so much but this has been very helpful yeah well, if you have any final advice you would share either to like a mom in marriage or a mom who just started and is trying to find their own identity within like career and motherhood or just all the different wisdom you have, would you offer any pieces of advice to people that could be listening? And it doesn't even have to be a mom as well. Oh my gosh, I don't have <laughs> like a, yeah, a database of knowledge and wisdom, but um, just what I have learned from my own experiences just invest in good relationships you know it's a lot it's not just that it's it's not what you do that's important and Mm. I think a lot of women mothers or just women in general is just what is defined by what we've done by at the end of the day and that's it's just unneeded pressure unneeded things in our lives and I realized that whatever role you take whether it's a mother whether it's an educator whether it's a career woman or Mm. you know figuring things out in between you know it's okay it's it's fine invest in the people that love and care and support you and not just receive but also being open to them as well and that's really really hard for a lot of people I think that deal with a lot of stuff on their own feeling like they're not you know worth it or you know whatever but I think in the long run that you will see the blessings that come with these relationships with these friendships with 
feel people that cry with you, laugh with you, celebrate with you, mourn with you. I can't imagine not having, you know, my community with me. And it just makes life so much more colorful and sweet. And yeah, I see God through them. So it's easy for me now. I'm an introvert and all that, but it's easy for me to be with um, these people that I love so much because Mm -hmm. I see God through them. And I don't mean like God through their personalities or whatever per se, but just God through what he's doing in our friendships and our relationships. So I don't want to miss anything. So yeah, my advice would just mostly be that spend time out on your phones or filling your mind with useless information that really doesn't matter. Like when you're like going to be 80 years old, 90 years old, it's just the people matter in your life. You know, hopefully we'll be there when you're 80 or 90 years old. I think like now's the time to open up if you haven't already. That's so good to hear from someone who is like a social media influencer, but you don't have to make that consume you, right? And like really thinking about, yeah, I think that's so important to remind ourselves of. Yeah, when we're 80, what would we want to be? (laughs) That's a good question. Is there anything else you would want to share in your heart? The floor is yours for one last time. Oh my goodness. I I did not create this or I, I, you know, this is very unexpected for my life to turn out, transpire the way it has. My hope and my prayer is that I will be as open as I can, as much as possible to God and what his movement is and just join him in whatever he's already doing in my life and other people's lives. And so I guess I should have answered this in your previous question about like an advice. I guess I'll share one because I did it for myself and it's helped me tremendously. And I continue to do it years ago during that spiritual formation years. Mm -hmm. I listed out a name of 50 women that I knew in my life that just popped in my mind that I respected and loved. It was 50 women and there are more than that, but I narrowed it down to 50 and then I went over the 50 and then I narrowed it down to 12. I don't know why I picked 12, probably like 12 disciples Jesus. or something. <laughs> yeah, or, you know, 12 being the number in the Bible. But I listed next to each of those 12 names qualities of these women that I wish I had, that I need to work on, that are amazing. And it was like, it could be the most insignificant thing. Like, she has a great laugh, you know? And I, I've always wanted a great laugh, you know, whatever, because it just makes people feel so good when you're laughing, mm-hmm. like, so heartedly, things like that. And so I began to pray over those qualities. Um, mm-hmm. And naturally, I started wanting to even get to know them personally. Mm-hmm. And so I started reaching out to them, too, and creating these relationships. And it was, like, random and awkward in the very beginning. But I think they recognize, because they're such amazing women, they just recognize my heart of intentionality and just wanting a real relationship with them you know just to get to know them because I was like I want to be like you in that way you know and I continue doing that whenever I meet people I do like to journal like uh, my experiences with them it's kind of weird but it's not creepy at all (laughs) but I also you know blame it on my um, memory like loss like I I tend to forget things easily Um, I like to write people's you know my experience personal experience with them what they're going through prayer requests or like I recently sent out a thing to all my friends like a questionnaire of like how can I bless you better like tell me what you know your favorite Starbucks drink is tell me you know what favorite color is like what are your favorite things you know like all this stuff so that I could always look it up and be like okay I want to bless you in that way I'm just mm. that's You're so I think that's intentional just, oh my god yeah. yeah no but I think because I have to operate this way mm. like I would say when you do make the relationships, you know, really see them for who they are and look at them for like, oh, this person has this quality about them that I don't have that I really appreciate. Mm. And then even if you can just verbalize it to them and say it to them, because they might need to hear that affirmation. But then also it's like affirming you too, like you need to work on this, Laura, you know, too, what they carry, what they have. So it's, I'm always changing. I feel like I hope that when I'm in my 80s or 90s, or if I do live that long, that I am have changed. Like I'm not yeah. the same person yeah. because of the people that are shaping me and forming me um, in that way. So yeah, that that would be That's just so, yeah. I love that. Oh my god, thing that I would suggest you even you can try. Yeah, just all the women in your life, maybe even just you know a dozen that, and just list all the qualities that you just admire about them, and you know pray about those qualities too, and you know for yourself and claim them mm. for yourself and 
Yeah. Yeah. You hear about doing those lists for like your future spouse or something like that. I love this. Like this is such a intentional way of relational building. So thank you for sharing that. Yeah, of course. Okay. We will end it out with a rapid fire game, I guess, which is just answering questions um, in a fast way. Some of them are going to be about you and the some can be at the end of your family of four who would be this one. So the first one is my main question, which I ask all my guests. If you were to pick a fruit to best describe you, what would you choose? I love fruit. So it's like hard (laughs) to pick just one, right? Because then you got to think like, which fruit do you like to eat or which fruit Uh do you, you know, whose qualities you really like and whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, So funny because someone else asked me this recently about the fruit thing. Yeah. It was like this personality test. I had picked mandarin oranges. Oh, okay. Yeah. But yeah. (laughs) Is that, does that mean something? No, 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 there's, okay, there's no, okay. there's no hidden meaning with each one. But I just, why, why did you pick the Mandarin? He gave me like a list of fruits to choose from. Among those fruits, the Mandarin orange was what stuck out to me. But I think in general, like if I could pick out of any fruits, it would be Mandarin oranges. Mm-hmm. I think upon like thinking why, you know, why did I pick that? Because Alan ended up picking the same thing. Oh, um, yeah, which is really interesting. I think it's because you don't have to clean it. So you can just eat it enjoy it you could carry it it's small you, you can share it with everyone kids can eat it old people can eat it. like it's just such a versatile giving yeah. fruit yeah oh yeah that's a good word yeah yeah you don't have to chop it up it's it's not that messy you can discard the thing and it, you know you have seeds you can plant more like you know it's just um, <laughs> oh yeah <laughs> it's such a great fruit I guess and I, I just like the taste too so okay okay i like that okay the rest you don't have to explain but social media influencer you love to follow Ooh, that's hard i have so many oh my gosh where's my phone um <laughs> it's so funny because a lot of the the people that i love to follow i don't know their handles like i don't know their names i just follow them because i'm like i love what you're doing like you're making miniature fairy houses like i love that or Oh. Or you're making this incredible piece of work on parchment paper. So you love to follow up, like create like handsy creator I people. Okay. I, I love artists. Yeah. Um, I mean, you I picked artists. up knitting or so. What you just, just sewing a little <laughs> bit? Yeah, <laughs> that's I amazing. I wouldn't say I picked it up yet, but yeah, <laughs> I'm learning. I do love people who are amazing at their crafts, whatever okay. it is. It could okay. be the most insane stuff. So yeah. That's your answer. Are you a morning person or a night person? I'm both. Oh, wow. Is that good or bad? Yeah. Uh, both, I guess. <laughs> I thought I was more of a night person because I'll find myself like doing all-nighters and being like really creative during that time. But also I found myself really alert and awake when I wake up like at four in the morning too. So yeah, I guess I'm both. I, I'm not sure. If you were part of a sitcom, what sitcom would you be a part of? That's a good one. A sitcom. Is The Office a sitcom? Yes. Yeah, it would have to be The Office. Okay, good good answer. One meal for the rest of your life. Oh my gosh, Alan and I just talked about this. What did I say? I'm picturing y'all's ramen instant thing. But... I know, right? <laughs> no, it's definitely Asian. I think I want to say Talong um, Tang. Mm. Is the Korean beef broth. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Favorite family holiday tradition? I have so many favorites, but decorating the Christmas tree, I guess. Just because it's more about the kids doing that. Mm -hmm. Like, I just love watching them do that. Okay, these are going to be about your family. Who is the funniest in your family? Funniest is Casey. Okay, best singer? I would say Joey. Oh, yeah, she is a really good singer. I remember seeing one of those videos. I was so impressed. (laughs) Anyways, um, best moves, because I know you guys do those disco ball dance party sometimes oh best moves Ugh, none of us um <laughs> joey because she just she'll give it her all most likely to get arrested someday <laughs> hopefully without the bad connotation of it but just the oh personality of it someday arrested someday um it would not be me <laughs> because I'm just so scared of breaking any rules. I would say Casey, but I don't want to claim that for her. Um, oh yeah, but- Casey, yeah, Casey only because she like will go beyond the rules. Like she'll mm-hmm, go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, she'll she'll kind of dance around 
the edges of you know like don't do that you know but, but I think <laughs> I love that I love that she yeah. that though, so. most sarcastic um most sarcastic oh me yeah I was like sure. it sounded like it from some yeah things. yeah <laughs> and most likely to bungee jump oh Alan he's oh. been wanting to go for a long time yeah okay and then last most likely to brighten your day brighten my day <laughs> Uh, right now it's Casey. Yeah. Cause she's just so funny. Funny. I, I feel like this is the age. Laugh. Yeah. Where they like learn their personality and things like that. Yeah. Yeah. How old is Jaden? He's two about to turn three or two and a half. He's two and a half, but oh. he's very funny right now. Also like a yeah. little bossy cause he's like using <laughs> his words and stuff, but it's so like, I can't not be like offended yet because it's just like, yeah. Oh, how did you even know what yeah. that means? You know? <laughs> yeah so thank you so much for letting us into your family and your experiences for this time i'm super grateful and i'm super grateful that baby waited patiently for for me to get to talk with you you can follow laura at at laura is iz is there any other way we can support or watch your journey at all i know that's like the main platform Oh, yes, that is my main platform. Um, I mean, all I can think of is my book. It's called Nap Time with Joey. Yes. Yes. So you could find it at any major book retailer. And yeah, that's pretty much it. Sounds good. Thank you so much for joining us. I hope you guys enjoyed listening to Laura's story. And if you are as big a fan as I am, that this was such a blessing to hear, not just the things that we see, but even just the heart you really have for your family and your friends and God, which is such an encouragement for me as a mom that does try to learn how to bring some of those back when the busyness has definitely overcome itself at times. So I'm so grateful to have had this, even for just like my selfish intake of wisdom today so i appreciate it so much i appreciate it too thank you for blessing me today thank you um hope you guys enjoyed another episode of color commentary y'all i'm recording this outro days or possibly even the night before i believe baby number two is going to come into this world and all i can say is god is so good to my personal prayers that i got to connect with laura and wrap this season of Kohler commentary up with my dream guest as someone who loves intentionality i did not know how much i was going to be blessed and learn how to do this well from laura in my personal walk in my relationships and how i aspire to be and moving forward forward in being my best self for marriage and motherhood. I've always been encouraged by Laura's vulnerability in social media, but it truly felt like a refreshing gift of fresh air to have a conversation with her and feel such a grounded connection simply because of how he truly moves in us. Laura, thank you so much for sharing your heart with the community today and for reminding us that it's okay to just be without having to have everything figured out. I cannot wait to continue watching your journey unfold however he leads you and your family. And to my listeners, if you love this episode as much as I did, make sure to rate it five stars and subscribe so you never have to miss another. Go to at Color Commentary to comment your key takeaways and share what you want to hear about next. I want to personally thank you for being a part of this community and for supporting this relaunch season of the podcast. I will be taking a short break to welcome our second child into the world, but stay tuned for some exciting things ahead with Color Commentary coming your way. I promise we're going to have a fun ride together. So I hope you continue to enjoy.